0: boyd's noise the best source for preparation in the region are you ready for boyd's noise Bring the noise! Welcome in, everyone. You know what it is. It's another edition of Boyd's Noise here on Iron Skillet Radio, Iron Skillet Television. Boyd's Noise is the best prep information in the region. We're here with James Boyd of the Times. James, how are you doing today? Doing good.
1: On move as we speak. Got to go check out the girls' soccer game between Andran and Lake Central at Andran. Other than that, I mean, the past week uh, after I talked to you all. Things got pretty crazy, and, and you know, good crazy, bad crazy, depending on who whose sides you're on. But it was a uh, very eventful very, very week for me, and definitely a lot
0: of breaking news. Yeah, there was a lot of breaking news, a lot of stuff that was going on, and ooh, it was a lot, baby. So let's just jump into it. Let's jump into it with a wrap of week five and what happened with week five. So let's do the wrap. Are you ready for Boyd's noise? All right, James. So let's talk about what happened in week five. Let's break it down for the listeners, for those who weren't there, and for those who want to know what's going on. What happened in week five? Yeah, so obviously, um, you know, another football Friday, but uh, for me, I actually wasn't at a game this
1: Friday because the game, or this past Friday, because the game I was supposed to go to, which was Hope that Low, got canceled because. Lowell had a positive test within their program, and then because of the amount of players they had to quarantine, they weren't going to have enough to field the varsity team. So that game got canceled on Thursday evening, probably about 24 hours before the game was actually supposed to start the next day. Um, so that was really disappointing just because um, Holger and, and Lowell are you know, two of our, our top five teams in the region right now, um, two really good programs. Um, both of them were going to open, I believe, uh, North Fresh Crossroads Conference play that week. So um, that was uh, disappointing. Then on the flip side, you also had teams starting back up. Like the day after talking to you all, um, the day after Cal you met, um, got reinstated. Uh, for football and their uh, fall contact sports. Hammond reversed his decision and reinstated fall sports to all four Hammond schools, which is Hammond, Clark, Gavin, and Morton. Um, And then uh, that Friday, you know, instead of covering a game, I actually ended up writing about Whiting because on Friday evening, they decided to bring their uh, fall sports back as well. So, um, obviously, it's still fluid and some teams uh, have missed a week like Michigan City and Lowell and, and others. But um, you know, at the same time, you know, you got teams that are looking at the data and deciding that it's safe enough to let their kids, uh, you know, compete. Uh, I should say rather the schools rather than the teams. The teams all wanted to compete with the schools, and the schools are allowing a lot of sports to come back. So um, it was a lot of uh, positive
0: energy, I think, towards the end of the week. Yeah, it sounds like it was a really exciting time. Do you have any of the rundown scores from week five? I can definitely, uh, run a few scores for you. I know
1: the biggest one that I kind of paid attention to was, uh, was um, Chesterton and Valparaiso. Um, Chesterton actually led for a little bit, but Valpo came back and won 31 to 20. And uh, Tommy Burby, the running back for uh, Valparaiso, one of the best running backs in the region, he had over 300 yards rushing in that game. Um, so for those of you who know football or even have a clue, I mean, that's three lengths of the football field in one high school game. So, I mean, that, that's pretty prominent performance right there. And also we have, um, Bishop Noel, who uh, won their first varsity game, I believe, in about five years on the Beat Lake Station, sixty-four to fifty-four. Mm. Yes, I said sixty-four to fifty-four. Wow. Uh, you know, just an amazing type of shootout. Mm. Um, and I got to give a shout out to my guy uh, uh, Willie Deegan over at, over at, uh, Bishop Noel, mm. quarterback, dual threat, uh, very confident young man. And, and I'm glad that you know after last year they couldn't play a varsity together but they have enough players for He's getting an opportunity to kinda of show that he can, you know, compete at the at the highest level in the region. Another score is we had Griffiths kinda of upset, Hammer Central thirty five to eight. Mm. I wasn't surprised at the score. And Amber Central has been kinda of like a scene all season, but Griffith, um, after starting season late, picked up a really big win. Um and he Andran, who's who's kept rolling fifty two to ten over Highland. Um, Highland actually was leading ten to three. And then you know, and ran did and ran things and kind of ran through it at that point. Um, Kishiki Valley beat Monster three to zero to go to five and zero. They're uh, also their best start in about a decade. Mm-hmm. Um, Crown Point beat Portage twenty four to twenty one. A a little surprise victory for me. And, and Crown Point's one of those teams, man. They can have like a five and four regular season or a four and five regular season and not really do too much. But you know, that's one of those teams you don't. Really know what to expect come postseason time. Like mm-hmm. I thought, like they're well coached, and when it gets to that, you know, it to that second season, mm-hmm. they're one of those tougher outs. So for them to, you know, make a little noise here as we get to this midway point of the season, and then uh, we also had South Bend Riley take down West Side 0 mm-hmm. West Side's obviously in their new, uh, you know, in their first year with new head coach Eric Fryer Jr. Right. Um, new program trying to build. So, uh, you know, don't take the score for its face value. Just understand they're building their program from the ground up. So those are a few of the scores that, you know, stuck out to me. And I'm excited to get back at it this Friday just because I'll be at uh, the Brickyard to watch Hobart uh, host Andran, which will be another huge NCC uh, showdown. So fingers crossed that everything goes smoothly and I can do that to cover that game.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a big regional game. That's going to be something that really a lot of people, if you don't get a chance to go out there, make sure you're listening and find out what's going on in the scores. But you know what we got to get to? We got to get ready to go to the break. All right, so breaking news always, James is first on the scene to give you the break. And I know maybe some of you've heard it, but maybe you all haven't heard it. So, James, tell us what's going on with Keon Taylor Jr.? Yeah, I feel like I should have um, a
1: cyber or something, you know, like to do like games or something. But mm-hmm. uh, Keon Thompson Jr. from Maryville actually uh, has left the school. He transferred to a prep school down in Florida. The name of the prep school is the National Top Sports Institute Basketball Academy. Okay. It's in Orlando. And, um, you know, they're going to play – actually, they had just texted me yesterday. They're going to play IMG Academy, which is a huge prep school, one of the best schools in the, prep schools in the country. Right. They're going to play them in a preseason game this upcoming weekend. Um, it really caught me by surprise, honestly. Uh, I heard about it, got a, a tip about it, and, and reached out to Coach uh, Pat over at and He confirmed it. And I reached out to Keanu Thompson's dad, and I was like, hey, you know, and I always do this, and I probably would do it. I do it more as a high school sports reporter, but whenever I write a story about a kid, I try to at least, you know, one, or to the coach for comment, right. or pack the to for comment, which is, which is his right. Um, But even then, I went a step further and asked his dad, like, hey, if you want to, you know, talk about your son leaving or whatever, you know, I, I want to give you that, that liberty to do so because I hate to write about a kid. Again, a teenager mm-hmm. – and, and not give them a chance or even their family a chance to talk or speak. So uh, his dad was very open and, and talking about how his son just wanted to uh, face tougher competition and hopefully reel in some, some bigger offers down in Florida. He's got nine division offers right now, but all of them are mid-major offers. He hasn't gotten that Power 5, Purdue, or Indiana look. So, uh, you know, I don't know how things will shake out in Florida, but obviously I'm rooting for anybody to get a free education and to, you know, uh, get, get – more of an opportunity to, to show
0: their skills. Hey, James, do you think now
1: uh, – sometimes it's good to be a big fish in a smaller pond, but what about – he's going down there into the hotbed of sporting down there, especially if you're playing against the IMG Academies and things like that. How do you think he's going to fare against teams uh, with, with better competition than what he was playing before? Um, I think he'll be fine. I think his role probably change. I mean, at mariville he was the – uh, just score, score, score. And basically, I won't even say that because I don't to really feel like he's a ball, a ball hog. He definitely passed the ball as well, but he was the focal point of the team's offense, and a lot of that offense centered around him creating his own shot. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I know people will probably say he shot too much or whatever, but to me, the only time you're shooting too much is when you're shooting a lot and you're not making them. I mean, he shot like 55% from the field last year, averaged 30 points a game, um, and is already the all-time leading score in school history for boys' basketball. So, um, in my eyes, I think that he'll be fine down there, but at 6'2", he'll probably have to, you know, move over or transition from being a score-first player to a you know more traditional point guard. Even if he's a right. score-first for, for point guard, he'll probably have to do more to, like, you know, initiate the offense and run a team's offense, um, you know, which will be good for him. You know, even if it doesn't lead to those bigger offenses, it's just good for his development overall because in
0: college, at 6'2", he's most likely going to be, you know, the point guard. Right, he is. So let me ask this. What does Coach Patton do? What does Maryville do now with this upheaval in their program? How did they replace Keon Thompson in their lineup?
1: so I do want to point out that uh, you know, their team is more than Keon. He was obviously a huge part of that. And in my opinion, he was probably the front runner to win our player of the year this year. Um, but then again, we do have General Washington and Crypto Mantis at Lowell who might do something about that. But in regards to Maryville um, they were all young. They only graduated one senior, so they have all, all their players coming back. Um, and one of the players I'd like to point out and highlight is Dewan Bandy. Um, he's kind of like a forward. He's got some good height on him. And he, to me, was the difference in them winning a special championship last year. Um, he played a huge, huge against Munster, um, and that upset win in, in, in the sectional, uh, sectional round, and obviously uh, played, played good against the Central and knocked them off the title. But um, he's a, a guy who, you know, has developed a great mid-range jump shot, has a lot of athleticism and a lot of upside. Still pretty raw as far as his skill set, but I believe, and, and I know just knowing him, they worked hard over the summer. So you can expect him to take on more of that scoring load and being more of that main guy. Um, and, and obviously, I, I kind of like uh, when teams are forced to kind of, you know, face adversity. I, I think mm-hmm. adversity shows you who you really are. Now, granted, do I think they're going to be uh, as good a team without Keon? No. But do I think they can still be pretty good and hold their own in the DAC, which is, in my opinion, probably one of the tougher conferences in basketball? Uh, It's going to be tough. We'll we'll see how it shakes out. But I think that, you know, this is all the more motivation for those guys to kind of show like, hey, we're more than, you know, the Keon Thompson Jr. uh, led Pirates. We're the Pirates, the Miracle Pirates, and it starts with us
0: yeah you know that's amazing keon reminds me a little bit of his style younger play of darius garland another regional uh, root and i think he's going to do well hopefully he'll get there and get some skill behind him and some really some good training and propel him forward moving on but let's talk moving on and what's happening now in week six discuss some of the hot topics that are going on in week six of the region and what is happening in prep sports that you can tell the listeners about?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing, obviously, is that, um, you know, when it comes to sports, the biggest thing is that, um, I'm sorry, I'm driving and there's this weird uh, light that's rare, they're telling me to go through with the construction workers and the police, so, you know, following orders here. But um, <laughs> the biggest thing is that uh, girls' golf is actually coming up this weekend, and I definitely want to highlight that. Okay. I know I talk a lot about football and basketball, but um, I'll be heading out to Battleground Golf Course for the girls' golf Right. regional and uh you know for the girls and teams that advance good moving on the state so that's been a big deal this week i'm um, just checking in with all the girls uh golf teams got some some teams that are doing some big things and and, and we'll talk about more of my uh my after the week on the girl side and then i think for me uh, aside from that is just getting through this weekend and then next week probably checking in with so many programs to see okay I know you're back on, but when are you starting up? Well, you know, when's the first game? Um, I believe a lot of that has been decided for the for the Hammond schools, but Whiting has been kind of, uh, you know, unsure because they, you know, other teams schedule games. after they canceled. A lot of teams already uh, scheduled other games. So I want to figure out what they're doing to try to get, you know, as much as they can in before the postseason starts. So um, a lot of moving parts, as always, but, um, you know, I'm excited to – you know, look at the, the postseason, and, and we're kind of in that that part of the year where sports start to overlap. You know, we're midway through football, girls' golf, so like I said, it's getting down to the wire here, and then starting up pretty soon It's about probably about three weeks. So, um, this is when it gets crazy for me, but good crazy because I like it, and it means that the majority of the kids are out there doing what they love, and, and by, by the fun, I'm doing what what I love, writing about. It.
0: Yeah, it's a lot to talk about, and we just talked about what's going to happen in Hobart with Andrean. But is there another outstanding game? Is there one other game that you should be looking for in week six? And it doesn't matter if it's football. Is there one game that you think that the listeners should be paying attention to?
1: Um, I think that uh, you should definitely check out Michigan City uh, hosting Lake Central. And I know Lake Central hasn't had a great year. But um, I'll give you all, I guess, the the scoop here. Okay. Um, Armand Irving, uh, defensive end for uh, he's a defensive end for um Lake Central. He verbally committed to Central Arkansas. I'm sorry, Central Arkansas. Okay. Uh, on Tuesday, um, wow. Division One FCS school. Um, so it was uh, you know it, it was awesome to talk to him about that opportunity. That's sort be out, I believe, later today. Um, and you know, make sure you check it out in the paper and online. Um, so he's a stud. Uh, obviously, you don't you know get a chance to play at the, at the Division One level um, without that. You know, without some skill, without some uh, you know some size, some athleticism, and some grit. And it's, it's an amazing story about how he's uh kind of matured, you know, and, and, and really had to you know uh, look at his choices and realize you know the path I'm on. much this probably isn't the best thing for me. So I need to you know get my act together. His dad and his coach really. Bring them in, and um, you know he's. I uh, guess again, earned an opportunity to keep playing and come back for you. Uh, Central Arkansas is the alma mater of Scotty Pippen, so uh, pretty cool there. And then um, you know, I, I think the reason I want to highlight that game is because again, like Central Armand Irving, but it's uh, Michigan City's first game back since missing those two weeks because of um, COVID nineteen. So I'm interested to see if they're going to be a little rusty or if they have any. Um, you know, I guess. Uh, Just mishaps and 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 and, you know uh, slip ups and things like that that aren't usually uh, there at this point in the season just because they've had to kind of shut down and restart
0: all over again. Yeah, it's going to be a really exciting week six. But you know what we've got to get ready to do? We've got to talk about your players of the week. So let's get ready to go to bring the noise. Bring the noise. All right. So. Let's talk about it, James. Who are your outstanding student-athletes of the week, the ones who do best on the court, on the field, and in the classroom? All right, so my first one is Sophia Sanchez
1: from Hanover Central. Um, If you haven't checked out my story yet, it's about her and her mom. Her mom is her golf coach, Beth Sanchez, over at uh, Hanover Central. And um, she is the first individual girls golf champion, uh, sectional school history over at Hanover Central. Mm-hmm. And uh, she shot a career low and program low 79 at the Valparaiso wow. section. So wow. that's a really great score. Uh, and their family uh, is really cool, kind of like a golfing family. Um, and when I went uh, to practice earlier this week, talked to her and her mom, it was a lot of fun to not only highlight, you know, her success this year in particular with golf, but just her entire life getting around the game. Her dad passed twelve, plays as well. So, um, you know, it's it, Pretty cool to kind of see that she's gone from being like this five-year-old little girl who wanted to play because her dad played to now being this young woman who is, you know, arguably the best golfer in girls golf history. I mean, at her school, so that was really cool. And then um, on the boys' side, I got uh, Augustine uh, Varga Jr. from David. He's a senior linebacker and tight end. Um, and the reason I chose him is because he actually spoke at the Hammond School Board meeting before they had even decided to reinstate uh fall sports. He spoke, um, decided to use his voice, and I asked him, I said, hey, man, well, why did you speak? Would you, did you plan on doing it? He's like, no, man. He said, I just, I was sitting there, and, you know, my family ta- always taught me to just sit in my heart, so he was like, I was sitting there, and I touched it phone on my phone, I just got it, and they asked me to speak, to let me speak, so he went up there and kind of just laid out why he felt that, um, you know, not only him, but all the Hammond Schools deserve a chance to compete this year, and, uh, you know, moments later, uh, there was a motion brought before the meeting that wasn't on the agenda at all, mm-hmm. uh, which caught everyone by surprise, including me, to uh, reinstate false. So all the kids out there, you know, uh, trying to make something happen. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how much is weighed to their decision, but I have to believe that him, along with a, lot of, a bunch of other kids showing up to state their case for reinstatement, definitely uh, didn't fall on deaf ears. So, uh, it was cool to see that his uh, his actions basically brought about some change. He get an opportunity to, you know, have a senior season back. So I'm excited for him. I'm happy for him. proud of him. And, uh, again, I think he's one of those examples, like you always know, talk about, about being a great athlete on the field with a great personal field.
0: Yeah, that is amazing. And we are so proud of our students. And if you haven't checked out – James's story in the times is an amazing piece on Hanover central star, Sophia Sanchez. So that is something that I hopefully all of the listeners get a chance to check out. But before we go, James, we always have to ask you your final thoughts. So let's move to Boyd's final thoughts. Are you ready for Boyd's noise? So what is your final thought for today? I uh, uh, really to be honest with you. And, Probably the first time I'm saying that well
1: outside of my household is I, I didn't feel like working, I didn't feel like anything um, after seeing the news about Breonna Taylor and the, the grand jury um, not charging the officers with uh, any uh, crimes uh, in regards to killing her, murdering her, in my opinion, and I'm not even the opinion, it's a fact, um, but to charge the officer, uh, to let two officers off, you know, no charges and one of them, to be charged with one kind of danger and for the bullets that missed her and went into her neighbor's apartment, I mean, to charge somebody for missing targets, but not to charge them for the life they took, to me, it's the epitome of injustice, and it, it, to me, it also is the American place. Um, I posted this on my Facebook yesterday. I know some folks might disagree with me. out my name, and, you know, I even got a message today on Twitter with uh, the clown emoji in the middle finger of somebody, a uh, white man who was upset with some of my thoughts. But to me, it's like the system is not broken. Everyone keeps saying the system is broken. This is a system that was created when it's, the first day was brought here in 1619. Right. I don't want anyone to tell me the system is broken, no, we didn't tell the system when it was racism, inequality, injustice, equity, it's doing what it was designed to do and what it has done for 400 years, that is devalue the life of black people and in this case a black woman, and the reason why this is making me so angry, and I'm trying to keep my voice down, you know, because I don't want to let anger consume my spirit, but I think about how she was 26 years old. <laughs> She was in public service and she was killed in her own home and there's no justice for it. People telling me over oh, their family got twelve million dollars settlement. Twelve million dollars don't mean nothing because it won't bring her back. Right. Twelve million dollars is the least you could do for taking somebody's life. And then to my opinion, how do you settle with the family for a wrongful death lawsuit and then come out and say that the officers did nothing wrong? That makes no sense to me. Mm-hmm. So um uh, when I look at my life personally, my black mom, my, my black twin sister, my black grandma, who uh, is, is probably my best role one along with my mom and my dad, but specifically, specifically, about the black one in my life, who saved my life, played over my life, um, who have guided me and given me the strength to keep going. Um, it, it angers me that that America continues to uh, basically just put that black lives and, and really, in this case, black women don't matter, and, and that uh, will never sit right with me. I will always ride for the black queens, because again, I wouldn't be here without them, and uh, in my opinion, America wouldn't be uh, anything without them, and as long as they continue to devalue their lives now, I'm going to continue to call that stuff out, because it's not right.
0: Yeah, that and that's a great way to leave this episode with your final thoughts, very impactful, one that's meaningful for all of us, and as I can say, you know, we've talked about it before, and this is something, when we talk about social justice where we have as as a nation and as a community must do better for our next generation. So, James, we want to thank you, man. And we want to tell the listeners, look, if you haven't read the articles on Augustine Vargas uh, and on Sophia Sanchez, please make sure that you go and check them out. They're online right now. They're in the paper. So you can check out some of the writings. And, hey, man, we want to thank you so much. I know that you're getting ready to go. You got a game to get to. So we don't want to hold you, but just thank you for coming on and taking your time and sharing a moment with us. Jay, is there something you want to say before we get out of here?
1: Hey, I just appreciate you, man, being a voice out there in the wilderness crying out for uh, social justice, and keep doing what you're doing, man. We, we got your back, and you keep going forward. Yeah, I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm always happy to come on. Um, I live a very charmed life, but at the same time, I think that you know, we can always demand better from the world around us. Yes, this country is great in so many ways, but we cannot uh, overlook the, the things that country is on. on. Uh, and at the same time, like I said, demanding better, to me, is showing true love. Like, if you love something, uh, you know, hold it, you know, to the fire, and hold it under the light, too. As my mom always says, when that light hits you, um, it shows you who you really are. So if it's some things that we can clean up internally as people and then outwardly as a society, um, why not do it because you know it makes a better place for all of us so uh, to those out there with the clown emojis the middle fingers it's
0: all love still <laughs> yeah it's it's a sad it's a sad society when the best way that you can result to resolving an issue is by name calling and sending emojis <laughs> little emojis but hey man thank you so much and listeners if you are not following james boy james can you tell the listeners how they can follow you and find you on social media any other platform yeah
1: uh, just search at romeo bill kid um on twitter instagram um obviously you can search james boy too i keep my government name on there Unlike the kids that are tagging my stories and stuff like that, their names can be all types of crazy stuff. So I make it easy for you. Uh, But, uh, yeah, to search that on anything. It could be LinkedIn, Facebook, whatever. Um, You know, feel free to follow me, add me. Again, uh, just know that uh, I appreciate all the support, only from you all on the sizzle. But uh, everybody in the region, Everybody in Romeoville back home, and just everybody uh, wanting me to keep going. It's been fun, and I'm just getting started. I'm only 24, so I thought I got a lot of time left to, to do
0: my thing. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. And we're here with you. And thank you for listening to another edition of Boyd's Noise here on Iron Skillet Radio, Iron Skillet Television. We'll see you on the other side. Boyd's Noise, the best source for prep information in the region. Bring the noise! Hey, man, your hair's a mess. You better call somebody to get the best haircut you can find, and that's Brandon Washington at Cold Cuts Barbershop. Yeah, I know, I know. You don't know what it's about, but let me tell you about Brandon Washington. He's a master barber with over 20 years of barbering experience. Brandon Washington at Cold Cuts Barbershop, 1223 Broadway, Gary, Indiana, 46407. And you can give him a call for an appointment at area code 219-793-2822. 219-793-2822. 219-793-2822. Co-Cuts Barbershop. All right, Jay, I got a question for you. Yeah. If I need car towed, I need some work done, where do I need to go? Man, look, I'm going to tell you right now. You need to get over to CNA Auto over there on 93 East Main Street in Chicago Heights, Illinois. Really? You know why? Why? Because they fix everything. They fix your car. They don't break your wallet. You know what I'm saying? They do a good job over there. Mm. They got cars. If you need a car, you can come and buy you car. You can get your whips and roll up out of there. Just roll out? Roll out. Roll out. Just screw. Screw. Screw screw. Look, they sell fine cars. They fix them even better. They're open Monday through Fridays, 8 a.m. to 5 30 p.m. Saturdays from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Call 708-758-2855. That's 708 708- Two eight five five, a CNA Auto Repair and Towing Co. gets you a car.